email us dead. Long live email. Dearly beloved, we have gathered together today to bear witness to the ongoing passing of email. My name is Andrea Bridges-Smith, and I'll be handing you the tissues today. As you know, I regularly scour the dark corners of Los Interwebs to find the best and brightest that email has to offer, and I wanted to call out one of my favorite newsletters today, which comes from Digiday. Digiday has terrific content on the publishing and media industries, and a lot of publishing and media companies just take their content and they put it in an email. It's simple, it can be automated through RSS and CMS integrations, and there's really no reason not to do it. But Digiday takes it one step further by including a brief introduction of each of their longer articles at the top of the email. They call it their TLDR section, which of course stands for Too Long Didn't Read. Ironically, I think these little summaries actually make me more likely to read the subsequent articles. So kudos to Digiday for going the extra mile with their daily newsletter. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by PostUp. PostUp is the ESP specifically designed for publishing and media companies, so if you'd like to take your existing content, send it to people, and make money doing it, visit postup.com to learn more. On today's episode, I want to talk about automation, and who better to do that with than an automation strategist, someone who spends their day thinking so you don't have to. Well, we happen to have that person here today. She is the marketing automation strategist for Ciceron, a digital marketing agency. Dearly beloved, please welcome Michelle Miles to the show. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Pretty good. So now, Michelle, I know that you've seen the evolution of an email program from a single newsletter to running a ton of customized campaigns. So what does that evolution look like? Well, the first thing that we needed to do was to alleviate some stress that our data analyst was having, and she was taking all of the new signups that we'd get in a week and then manually put the list together and send out a welcome email to all those people. She, she wanted to get to her data analy- analyzation, so we, ha- we came up with a way to uh, hook up the, an API call from our website and send those welcome emails out in real time. And automation was born. Yes. So it was a really small, simple step. But the one thing that it helped us do was show that um, engagement went up, open rates went up, and we actually started um, selling some products off of the welcome email because people were more engaged um, in that moment when they signed up for a welcome email. That then led to putting together a welcome campaign. So... Uh, the retailer that I worked for didn't have sales or discounts, things like that. So the brand proposition they had was more about uh, inspiration, being American made, things like that. Great service. So that story needed to be told during the welcome series. So that's how we started out. And then we started building from there. Once people started to see the success of these emails, they just wanted to do more. Okay, and so now you are in charge of setting up all of these automated campaigns, um, drip campaigns for all different kinds of products and offers and yes. things like that? Yes, so okay. the, the next step was to actually be a little more direct with selling. And okay. um, there are customization tools on the website where you can, um, it's a furniture retailer, you can um, put whatever kind of fabric you want on a piece of furniture and then put it into your wish list. 
And if you put it into your wish list three days later, you'll get an email that says, hey, do you need some help with completing your purchase? And we saw clicks on those emails were worth like $450. And it was just amazing results from um, reminding people that they had something that they were working on. And uh, that success led to using data that we were collecting on the website to drive more uh, targeted messages with their email. So for instance, if you were browsing a certain category on the website, the next week, instead of getting the regular weekly marketing email, you would get one tailored to the subject or the products that you were browsing on the site. Okay, and so when you're creating a lot of these automated campaigns, what kind of things do you need to look out for? Well, you wanna make sure that if someone's highly engaged with shopping uh, shopping on your website, that you're not inundating them with emails. So if someone were to, in our case, um, request a catalog and then order some swatches and then configure several pieces of furniture, you don't wanna send them um, every th- all of those things plus the regular marketing email, they're already engaged with you and shopping and building things and they're gonna get reminder emails. So you wanna make sure that you're not sending them too many over that course, over the course of the, their shopping experience. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of interesting because I think some people would say, you know, oh, if they're engaged, you know, send them more email. And I think in certain, um, maybe not necessarily in retail all the time, maybe sometimes, I don't know, but, um, uh, at Post Up, we deal a lot with the the kind of publishing and media companies, and you know the idea with them is if they are engaged, then see if you can get them to sign up for another email and another newsletter, and you know maybe if if you're a news site and they're reading U.S. news and then they start reading you know French news, you send them your your CNN France newsletter or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, you have to know your audience. And if someone is showing interest in some other subject matter, I think you'd want to deliver content based on that interest. But uh, in the case of retail, you don't, uh, at least with the company I work for um, or was working for, they're very conscious of being respectful of the consumer there was a long time when we were just sending out one monthly marketing email where some of our competitors were sending out 14 a day. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, you know, they're probably segmented too, but we, we took such a different approach, but then we started to become really well known for our email marketing because it was so successful and we were not taking the regular retail approach to, to marketing emails. Is more the more targeted and relevant we got with our messaging and connecting that to an action that a shopper was taking, the more successful our email marketing became, and it it just kind of feeds itself. So, would you say that the more email campaigns you set up, the more successful you got? Yeah, for sure. Uh, because over time, we would look for a niche where something wasn't happening, like a post-purchase campaign. So after someone purchase something, they they would just buy something and they'd go r- right back into the regular marketing stream. Well, if you just bought a sofa or a bed or a dining room set, you probably are not going to be buying a lot more furniture for a while. So why should we start to try to sell you irrelevant furniture that's just part of our main marketing campaign? 
what we did was put you into a post-purchase marketing campaign. And again, we don't have any sort of um, sales or promotions, but we can cross sell. So if you did buy something bigger like a bed or a table, we could then um, suggest a lamp that goes with that table or a rug that goes with that bed so that you're completing the look of your room. That campaign started out as a four-week campaign and then we expanded it to an, an eight-week campaign because it was capturing people in the moment, asking them to share their purchase and their new, newly furnished home uh, with their social channels. And uh, that just created more engagement. So um, a couple things here. First of all, uh, I just want to uh, say again that the more email you sent, the more successful you were. So email probably not dead, just checking real quick. Uh, in, in our case, absolutely not. Okay. It's, just the want to clear that one, out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the number one um, marketing, digital marketing channel that we had for ROI easily. And it was so measurable. We could take real data and show it to our steering committee and say, look, this is how email's performing. And they were always, once we started showing the numbers, they were like, yeah, what else can you do? Right. Well, uh, I think you make an excellent case for email not being dead. So we'll send that out to all of the bloggers out there so they can stop saying that. Yes. Um, yeah, you you know, you mentioned a good example of like buying a large piece of furniture and I had a, a similar experience. So we bought a, a, a sleep number bed uh, when we moved into our new house and then they kept sending us uh, ads like in the mail and via email for the same bed that we had just purchased. And it was like, I'm not gonna buy another one. I just bought that one. Yeah. Like, it's, you said it was gonna last a while. <laughs> you know, They're like, do you want two beds? And I'm like, well, no, I, I just need the one for now. But, it, but I was like, they sell you know pillows and different temperature control sheets and things like that. I was like, why are you sending me ads for that? That's, that's what you should be sending me right now. I still, to this day, get the, the mailer from them with the same bed on it. So. And, and it makes you frustrated, right? And I think yeah. what we need to do as marketers is be very aware of what our customers are getting from us and use the data that we have about our customers to be more respectful and give them more relevant messaging. I mean, there's so much data available to us these days that it makes it not easy to do, but possible. Yeah, and you know, you bring up a really good point there of you know putting yourself in the customer's shoes a little bit. So I had an experience not too long ago, and I wrote about this, where I scheduled an oil change at a local car dealership on a Monday, and the oil change appointment was for that Friday. And in between that Monday and that Friday, I got four emails and a phone call confirming and reminding me about the oil change. And it was like, okay, I get it. I'm going to come to the damn oil change. Like, calm down. And then after I had the oil change, uh, I got four more emails, two text messages, and a phone call thanking me for my business and asking me to take a survey. And I took the hell out of that survey. Um, and it just seems like somebody in their marketing department set up a bunch of triggers, but never actually bothered to go through the process themselves to see what it was like. It was like, have you even had an oil change there? Do you know what kind of ferocious communication monster you are unleashing on people? Like, one key step with any automation is after you set it up is to subscribe to it and go through it yourself as a person, as a human being, and, you know, see if it's okay before you subject other people to it. Because 
yeah, it seems like it's, you know, you could set up so many that they'd be tripping over each other. (laughs) Sure. I think it's really important to always keep your subscriber and customer in mind when you're setting up these automations, because there is a phrase out there, set it and forget it, which just should be obliterated from the email marketer's (laughs) language, because you can't forget about who you're sending your emails to and how they might be affecting uh, your brand um, with your potential customers and your customers. So I think that's a great idea, signing up for the actual emails and experiencing what your customers are and always having them in mind when you're putting together these automations and then checking back with them regularly so that you know that they still look okay because email clients change and that they're, everything's running okay and that the, they're still being opened and clicked and all of those things. Yeah, I agree with you about abolishing the set it and forget it mentality. I think that we need to think of automation like the Alamo. We need to remember it. So I'm from Texas, so maybe we should get some t-shirts printed up that say, remember the automation with like a picture of the Alamo in the background or something like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) So have you had any kind of major automation snafus? Well, yes. Uh, You know what? You get to your task list in a busy day and um, in, in addition to writing email code and setting up automations, I was also writing SQL statements and working with a lot big sets of data. Goodness. And we did have a po- post-purchase, yeah, I was do- working on that. <laughs> uh, we, we did have a post-purchase stream that when you bought something from us, we wanted to send you a customer survey and make sure that your experience went well. And if it didn't, we wanted to know about that too. And side note, when we got comments on that customer survey, people did get contacted back without without exception. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my response to the survey. Has not oh. happened yet. <laughs> oh, that's, that's terrible. Um, so you would get a, a customer survey and then two requests for a review of what, of your purchase. And so you'd get uh, the first request to review your purchase about 30 days after your delivery so that you had time to live with your furniture and really get to know it and make uh, an informed review. If you didn't open that first one, you would get a second one. So if you open the first one, that was the only one you would get. Okay, that's smart. Uh, yeah, um, except for I had to make an edit in the SQL statement and instead of saying, equal to 14 days ago, somehow another character got in there and it said less than or equal to 14 days ago or greater than. (laughs) Anyway, an extra character got in there. I went on with my day, did not check the, the results of my edit, and people started getting review requests every day. And I didn't know about it until someone wrote back to our review email. Um, and that's another important point too. When people hit reply on the review email, it would go to a real person. It didn't go to a no reply, empty, you know, vortex of email. I, whenever I see no reply on an email, it makes me so crazy. Um, so they wrote back to me. They were kind of upset. I said, hey, I thank you for letting me know. I fixed it. Um, that person uh, turned into a loyal customer because we were attentive to their needs took care of their problem and treated them with respect. So we actually got a lot of reviews out of that snafu. <laughs> um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a great experience for our subscribers, but I, you know, we did get 
a lot of reviews when we sent all of those out. I hope they were positive reviews. <laughs> yeah, I okay, think, good. I, yeah, they were. There were reviews about the furniture, not the email marketing. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. So that 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 story is just to say it's really important to um, when you're working with automations, you need to make sure that you're checking and rechecking what's going on. You can see the sent number every day. You can you know you just keep an eye on the health of your campaigns. Okay, so I'm going to sum up your advice here. So first of all, um, don't send and forget. Right. Uh, yes. Set and remember. <laughs> remember the automation. <laughs> uh, do heavy QA on the front end yes. and the back end. Don't stop doing QA. Um, don't send from a no reply email address, which I think is great advice. Every time I see that, it, it's kind of like saying, hi, here's the thing. I don't care about you. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you have any other advice for people on ways that they can do automation in a smart way? Well, I think it's really important to put yourself in the mindset of your customer and think about what they would want to hear from you and, and maybe even go beyond that to a point where you can surprise them. Yes. It, you know, depending on what's in your brand, maybe you can get a little cheeky or, you know, just unexpected things are always um, appreciated, I think, as long as they're respectful and within your brand and make sense. Yes, I love that advice. That's that's a great idea. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, for the folks out there in podcast land, you can follow Michelle on Twitter at Crafty Email, and I highly recommend that you do. Or you can follow her company, Ciceron, at Ciceron.com. Thanks for being here today, Michelle. Thank you so much, Andrea. This was fun. Dearly beloved, thank you for continuing to tune into the show. We've gotten some really great feedback, and we're delighted that we get to do this for you. And finally, thanks to PostUp for making the show possible. If you're looking to automate all of your email cares away, in a smart way, of course, visit postup.com to download our automation solution guide. We'll be back next time to place a mirror under email marketing's nose to see if it gets all foggy, and we hope you'll join us. Until next time, email marketers, keep on rocking in the inbox, because email's not quite dead just yet. Yeah.